Cosmic Canvas Studio presents What Lies Between Sleep. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Dreamlights, my very first podcast. My name's Bernard Sanderson. I don't know how you found this show. Maybe you found it during a terrible sleepless night. If that's the case, then welcome. Welcome. Uh, a bit of warning before we get into all of it. Dreamlights is not a work of fiction. It's not some kind of guerrilla marketing thing or a cleverly written tale. I don't even have a studio. I'm just a guy sitting in his bedroom droning into a microphone. I have some things to share, though. Things that I can't tell normal people in my life. So I figure I'd tell the wide, vast world of the internet. But don't worry, this isn't just another audio diary. I promise you. It's gonna get weird. Really, really weird. Uh, so a bit about me. I'm 28 years old. I spend most of my time trying to avoid the Michigan cold, but can't afford to live anywhere warmer. Most nights, I lie awake. Just terrified of what is waiting for me whenever I close my eyes. So, where to begin? I have struggled with insomnia my whole life. Countless hours have been ticked away as I stare at that ceiling. Ugh, desperate to fall asleep. Drugs don't help. Tea didn't help. Most of the inane suggestions that people mention when you bring up insomnia, well, those didn't help either. An entire life. Stuck in the evenings, desperate to find freedom from the waking world. <laughs> you know, exhaustion never seemed to help, did it? No matter how tired I was, it took me two hours minimum to fall asleep. And this was even before we had smartphones, so there's no blaming that. Anyway, a while back, after a lifetime of struggling to get to sleep, I, uh, I decided that I shouldn't have to keep playing this stupid game. If I wasn't going to be able to sleep, why should I waste my time in bed all night? Why lay around for countless hours, losing at a game that I would never win? So I gave up. I renounced sleep for good. Got out of bed and just started getting to work on anything that mattered. Boy, was that a bad move. Pro tip, folks. Don't renounce sleep. Never renounce it. Struggle to hold on to it as tightly as you can. Rejecting sleep is like throwing off your life jacket while set adrift in the sea. It is the only thing that protects us. <sighs> but I'm not talking about health tips here. I'm not here to babble endlessly about why you need eight hours in order to live your best life today. <laughs> no. If anything, you should hold to the truth that sleep is your friend, your ally, your lover. That. That is my warning. But what good is a warning without a story, am I right? Alright, I'll tell it to you. Mind you, this isn't some fanciful script I've been working on. This actually happened a year ago. <sighs> I was up late, working on something. 3am. I hated that hour. You know what sucks about being awake at 3am? You have to go to work the next day, or maybe you have school, and by the time it's 3, you know it'll take you at least another hour to fall asleep which means you're sleeping at 4, and you get freaked out about it. 4 a.m. means you'll have about 3 hours of sleep before you gotta get up for work at 7. 
You count each hour, each minute, and you know it won't be enough. Waking up will be the worst thing that happens to you today. And the best part is, you get to enjoy these feelings every single night. Well, except weekends. I don't really sleep at all on the weekends. And not in the party all night sort of way either, folks. Yeah, but I digress. 3 a.m. I'm up working on some electronic project. I like to tinker. Nothing too interesting. And then, there was a tapping on my window. Now, I live on the top floor of my apartment, so believe me when I say that tapping was a surprise. Was it wind? Maybe a tree? No. A woman. Skin of silver, head adorned in a crown of moss. Her eyes glinted as if there were a thousand stars within them. She asked me to open and speak to her. What else am I to do in this situation? I am not normally lucky with the ladies, but for one to magically appear outside of my window in the middle of the night, <laughs> you bet I opened the damn thing. I guess the secondary purpose of this podcast, to a lesser extent, is to serve as a warning to those who might find themselves in such positions as I. Never open the window. When it's late at night and you are visited, do not open the window. Don't renounce sleep and never open the window. She had no name. I came later to understand that messengers from that place are called nymphs. Why? I don't know. I didn't come up with the name, but it fits. Beautiful. Tempting. But altogether unkind. Unconcerned. We spoke briefly. She said that my habits were of a curiosity and asked if I had truly renounced sleep. When I told her that I truly had, she handed me a paper. A sealed scroll. And then, as quickly as she had entered, she left. Too quick for me to see where she had gone off to. Of course, in the back of my head, I thought this was just a dream, so I didn't think too much of opening and looking at the scroll. I suppose you want to know what the scroll says. I actually have it here with me. <clears throat> Bernard Sanderson, by decree of Eshuel the Blind, you have been claimed as servant and slave. Servant and slave? What the hell does that mean? By this point, I knew that this was no dream, since I had cut myself a little on the paper, drawing real blood. Was this some kind of odd prank? But if you haven't figured this out yet, I live a pretty lonely life. No friends, no wife, just a crappy apartment and 9 to 5 job working for a hardware store. Who would want to mess with me? Wasn't a joke. You might not believe it, but there is indeed an Eshuel the Blind. And that night, I would become his slave. Sorry about the break there, folks, but I'm hoping to have real advertisers someday. If that ends up being the case, I need to program in these little interludes ahead of time. Yeah, that podcasting book I read said to do this. Anyway. I would fall asleep later that night. The scroll, incomprehensible and meaningless to me at the time, filled me with dread. The visit. The paper. I wondered if this was some kind of Christmas carol situation. Would three ghosts come and visit me to... To what exactly? <laughs> I didn't live any kind of cruel or excessive life. What money I earned, I would send a bit to my stepbrother to take care of our mother. If supernatural entities were trying to teach me a lesson, surely they could find someone more deserving. Or at the very least, someone who was more interesting. But that's the fact. These beings, these entities, they aren't interested in helping us, teaching us, letting us grow. We are nothing more than tools. Objects to further their purposes. I would soon find this out. After reading the letter, I closed my eyes for a moment. 
a single second, long enough for my consciousness to lapse. When I would open them, seconds later, I would be standing in an endless room of pipes and steam. Ugh. I could smell the scent of fire burning in the distance. I could hear the hissing steam pouring from the vents. And then there was the sound of hammers tinking over and over again from a thousand weary hands, invisible but unending in their labor. In this burning room sat a massive, uh, let's call him a man, resting atop a throne of silver pipes. Thousands upon thousands of pipes interwove into his chair and his own flesh, connecting him to the throne as well as the entire room. He wore a cold expression upon his face, unloving, uncaring. His eyes were... and uh, here's where it gets a little hard to explain. They were made out of silver, jutting out like pipes, but they weren't actually pipes. Not eyes, not metal... It's like these silver protrusions. For this time forth, he had bellowed at me, his voice emanating not from his mouth, but from the lines upon lines of pipes surrounding me. You shall work, repairing, rebuilding. From the moment you close your eyes to the moment you are called back to the wakeful, your hands will forever repair. And then, when you close your eyes at last, to depart the wakeful for good, here is where you shall reside, forever and ever. Ooh, sounds like a stress dream, right? That's what I thought it was at first, just some kind of dream. I tried to argue with him or talk, but he wouldn't respond. Those invisible hands, tinking away at the pipes, they wrestled and bound me, chaining me to an open fissure. They would strike me each moment that I refused to work, blow after blow, until finally I obeyed, finding some strange shapeless thing in my hands to strike upon that open pipe. I worked for what felt like an eternity. Waking up that morning was the most wonderful experience. You know when you have those awful, final nightmares? The ones that seem so real? One moment you're full of dread and terror, the next you're relieved to realize it was all just a phantasm. Your parents are still alive, you aren't bankrupt, the house is still intact. Relief is an understatement when you wake up from those dreams. But my nightmare would return. Each night, when I finally collapsed, giving into the exhaustion, I was pulled into that terrible realm. I would be forced to work, and in the waking world it was worse. Ugh, my mind. It had been active all night, as if I hadn't slept a wink. I was never refreshed by sleep, nor was my body healing. My mental faculties were decreasing. Over the weeks, my will was being stripped from me. What do you do when you're facing a real supernatural threat? I mean, it's it's one thing to watch a movie, read a book, or play a video game where the monster shows up, where the fantastical arrives, but, but for me, that was all make-believe. We all like to be couch quarterbacks when it comes to some supernatural horror chasing a couple of kids in a lake house, but what if it suddenly becomes real? There are no instruction manuals for fighting off things like this. I, I figured that if I just tried some basics, I could solve this problem. These were just chronic nightmares, right? Changes in my regular waking life would fix my dream life. I changed my diet. I took up meditation. Started taking melatonin. Maybe if I had just a better sleep condition, this nightmare wouldn't arrive. Nothing I tried worked. Holistics, meditation, science. All of these things offer value to people in the waking world. They are meant for those who are awake. That terrible realm between sleep and the waking was not meant for mortals. Those of us who slip through the cracks don't stand a chance against those who reside in that awful place. 
But I digress. Eh, three months of this nightmare and I'm about ready to jump out the window. The exhaustion plagues me every day. Fatigue. Even hallucinations. Everywhere I went, I could feel the burning hot bursts of air that would harass me at night. Sometimes I'd even hear the tinking, matching the beat of whatever music was playing at the hardware store. Sometimes you get lucky. Most of the times you don't. I'm not a protagonist. Not a main character. Nothing wonderful intercepted to save my life. There was no magical guardian who arrived to save me. I threw myself out the window of my apartment, shortly after waking up from yet another shift in that terrible place. I broke both my legs and did a real number on my spine. But for the first time in three months, as the paramedics dragged me into the hospital, I slept. I slept like a baby. Because, while I had tried chewing valerian root, I didn't realize that morphine was ten times as powerful. And it kept me out of Eshuel the Blind's realm for the first time in three months. So, there was the secret, folks. Take hard prescription painkillers to escape. I mean, why not become addicted to opioids to avoid the hell waiting for you whenever you close your eyes? <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. As a disclaimer, since I don't want to get sued, I am in no ways endorsing the abuse of painkillers here. I mean, what do I look like? A doctor? Don't take medical advice from a podcast, kids. The point is, when I was dying in the hospital, I was pumped full of so many drugs that I was able to actually experience real sleep. And it was refreshing. Beautiful. Kind, even. It was the most peaceful moment of my life. I've dreamt of weeping, of sobbing in relief to once again have actual dreams. I embraced sleep. I had my first good night's sleep in a long, long time. And then from then on, even after I was off the meds, I could sleep. Eshuel did not come back to claim me. His silver nymph never returned with another writ. It would seem that by embracing sleep so joyfully... I was somehow safe. The consequences of what had happened to me was severe, though. Two broken legs and a lot of problems were left for me to sort through in the waking world. I had to move in with my stepbrother for a while. Lost the apartment, couldn't pay for it. You know how it goes. But at least I wasn't a slave anymore. At least I was free. Or so I thought. Fast forward six months. The nightmare was almost completely forgotten. I completed my psychiatric treatment fairly well. The official judgment was that I had a brief psychotic break. I kept taking my meds, figuring that maybe I actually had experienced some kind of mental breakdown. Maybe the whole thing was just a terrible delusion brought on by stress and fear. That's what my doctor thought. We talked about the endless labor being a metaphor for the endless struggle of working at a dead-end job for years upon years and having no family to come home to. All I had to do in life was to work and sleep. Since there was no reward in the next day, I would stay awake as long as I could because waking up to tomorrow was a punishment. Those were some meaningful conversations. And I'm thankful for Dr. Kim's hard work and effort in helping me see what my nightmare represented. And I just wish that her words had been true. That it was all just in my head. After the dust settled and I got into my routine again, getting a new job and eventually a new apartment, the insomnia returned. Each night, I'd toss and turn, fighting for sleep. But the harder I tried, the longer I'd stayed awake. In those late hours, I'd hear the sounds of the hammers on pipes. 
the shrieks of pressured steam pushing its way through broken pipes, the tinks of a thousand disembodied hands working tirelessly. I cried myself to sleep on more than one occasion. The doctor increased my prescription dosage and gave me a whole host of new drugs to combat these delusions. But no combination of pills could help. On one damnable night, I just could not sleep. I made it all the way to the moment in the morning when the light just begins to push its way past your curtains into your room. And with a flash of white, I was back in that blind bastard's realm. I gotta take a break here. Okay, I've calmed down a bit. Where was I? Right, I was back. Back to that terrible place. I went through a bit of a frenzied fit there. I had tried so hard to forget all of this stuff, to believe that it was just a bad dream, a mental break with reality. And now, in spite of all the changes and growing that I had gone through, it was all for nothing. It was like waking up from a nice dream and then realizing that real life was the true nightmare. And so, I unleashed my anger towards that motionless being that loomed above us all. Eshuel, for the first time, reacted to my anger. I think it amused him, if a being like him can even feel amused. I cursed his name, swore at him, and told him he had no right to take me. Eshuel countered that it was indeed his right to take me back. He had a claim to me the moment I uttered a curse of sleep with my lips. The lapse in my sentence, he assured me, was a simple clerical error, a failure on the part of sleep to recognize my choices. What I noticed at the time was that he referred to sleep as a person, as an entity all on its own. And I had a realization, a flash of inspiration maybe. And all of my time trapped here, despite my screaming and begging for freedom, Eshuel never once addressed me. He had merely uttered his decree at the very beginning of all of this and then never spoke to me again. But now, he was speaking to me so freely. Why was this? I was becoming dimly aware that there were some rules in place to all of this. He spoke of claims and clerical errors. There was something more to this realm than he. And perhaps he was subject to those laws. Without having a clue of what I was doing, with nothing else to lose, I demanded that he show me the proper documents. That he shows me exactly where it says that he has such a claim to my soul or whatever. <laughs> Those words were quick to change the temperament of the blind master. His words became quiet and cautious, as if carefully navigating murky legal waters. He told me that he was not required to answer me. He had no obligation to even honor my demands. I told him that I wanted to go back to sleep, to be able to dream once again. And when I spoke the word dream, all sound stopped. The tinking of the hammers, the whispers of sorrow, and even the hissing pipes all became deathly silent. And Eshuel, voice quivering with a burning rage, told me to leave his realm and never to return. This was such a sudden change in tone. One moment, we had been arguing about legalities and proof, and the next, I was being thrown out. Literally. I mean, a hole opened up behind me, and a powerful burst of steam shoved me backwards. There was a blinding flash of light, and the next thing I knew, I was standing in some endless void of white light. I was utterly alone in this place, at least for a few moments. No matter where I turned, I couldn't see anything of interest. Just whiteness. And then there came someone, or maybe something, to greet me. I wouldn't say that this being was friendly, but it wasn't hostile to me. I can't quite remember what this being was or what it looked like. 
but I remember it was vaguely humanoid and a shadow. It told me that I was not meant to be in this place, but would help me return to where I belonged. I was brought to a giant black gate, like a slab of stone with a circle carved in the middle. This gate, I was told, would return me to my dreams. I was given a warning that I was never to return to this strange place, and that my dreams were the only place for me in my sleep. I hastily agreed with whatever strange being this was. And then? Well, I don't remember a thing. I just remember waking up the next morning head full of nonsense dreams. Of course, I knew the difference between those dreams and what had transpired in that realm. Yet, after passing through the Black Gate, I've been safe. It's been six more months and I haven't seen or experienced a single supernatural event. And to be honest, at first my safety was a relief. The worst had come to me, but somehow I had survived. Now, any sane person would, uh, say that it would be best to just take that encounter, all of these encounters, and just put them away. Lock them up in your head and move on. Don't think about it, don't dwell on it, just let it all go. After all, for some reason, I made it out alive, right? I actually survived the supernatural. That should be enough excitement for one lifetime. But... I'm... I'm not satisfied with just forgetting about my experience. How could I possibly just let something this fascinating, this groundbreaking, just go by the wayside? Let's face it, that realm I was trapped in? It was horrific. A living nightmare. But it is real. It's a real place, and there are rules governing it. Rules and laws that even horrors such as Eshuel must follow. I can't stop thinking about all of this. I have to find out more. And so, that's the reason I started Dreamlights. This podcast will be a chronicle of my exploration of this strange world, this place in between dreams and waking life. I don't understand any of it, but I'm going to start searching. I can't be the only person who has a story like this, right? I can't be alone in this. So, I'm going to be searching, looking for answers. When I find something, I'll share it with all of you. I'm not promising weekly uploads, but you can bet whenever a new episode is released, it's going to have a ton of new and interesting information. So, that's the plan. I'm going to be searching, and I'd like to invite all of you to come along with me on this adventure. I can't promise it'll lead to anything concrete, but who knows? Maybe I'll find exactly what I'm looking for. And that's going to be it for our pilot episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope to have a new episode out as soon as I have something for you guys. I'm also hoping to have an email segment at the end of each show. Uh, you know, where I read letters from listeners. If I actually get listeners, that is. Anyway, I'll see you real soon. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to have one of your emails read by me on air, hop on Patreon and subscribe. Your support can help this podcast continue to grow and thrive. Check the show notes or head on over to www.whatliesbetweensleep.com for more info. And I'll see you next week.